My name is Brett Vriesman. I'm the director of youth ministry at Twin Falls Reformed Church, and this is the one Sunday a year where they allow me to come up here and speak to you guys. So thanks for letting me join you this morning. Um, I am so excited for this next phase of life that our high school and college graduates get to start and embark on. There's so many new adventures to come, but we do know that they need to keep Christ central in all of that. So if you wouldn't mind joining me, we're going to just pray for them really quick. Lord, we thank you so much for all you've done for these students, for everything they've achieved. You've stood beside them, guiding them throughout all their years. I pray that you continue to be with them in this next chapter of life. Lord, life as they know it is about to change and maybe get overwhelming at times, but please never let these young adults get distracted from who it is that got them to where they are, and that's you. Let these students continue to feel your presence and have your strength with them as they embark on this next phase. Help be the guide of their life, and I ask you that you'll give them discernment when they face complicated decisions and help them grow into the Christ followers you want them to be. We love you, God, and it's in your name we pray. Amen. So here at Twin Falls Reformed Church, we have the tradition of reading scripture in the middle of the room. We usually all stand up and we face the center of the room because we want a reminder that scripture is supposed to be central to our lives. So this morning we have one of our wonderful seniors, Nate Nordquist, who's going to come up and and read scripture for us. Our scripture of the day comes from Psalm 37, verse 1 through 9. From Psalm 37. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. Hey, thank you, Nate. What an amazing time for these graduates. A time full of learning A time full of independence and growth and maybe just a little bit of fun in the next chapter. But what I find this time of year with graduates is every adult wants to give them their two cents of wisdom that they can take with them to the next chapter. So since I have the platform, I figure I'll do the same thing if that's all right. But not only should this be beneficial towards the graduating seniors, I would hope that for everyone in this room, you can take a little bit of this home with you as well. And here's my word of advice. You guys ready? Lean in. Lighten up. All right? Everybody just needs to lighten up a little bit. We live in this high-stress, uptight world full of demands, full of strong opinions. Everyone's got a tight schedule. Everyone's got tons of obligations. And once in a while, we just need to lighten up a little bit. Eventually, all the wear and tear of that lifestyle is going to create bitter, skeptical, opinionated, and hypercritical people. When our focus is on everyone else and on ourselves instead of on God, we're going to find that our 
life is going to experience more stress and worry. Now, I'm preaching to the choir here. I'm the worst when it comes to stress and worry. (laughs) When I get outside my comfort zone, when I get overwhelmed, when things don't go according to how I planned it, I get ridiculously uptight. And you know, it was even funny, first service, my whole family was here, and you heard this laughter in the corner because it's so true. If you don't believe me, you can ask my wife on another, on another day. But uh, just a great example of this was a year and a half ago, myself, my wife, and a few of our friends decided as Star Wars fans that it would be a wonderful idea to go to the Star Wars The Force Awakens premiere night. So being the fans that we are, we bought our tickets two months in advance, the day they came out, and we showed up uh, probably two to two and a half hours early to this event. Now I did this because I'm a huge fan, but I also did this because I like to have a plan. I like to feel secure, I like to feel safe. I knew that if we were to get there early, we'd be guaranteed at least a decent seat. I knew that if we bought our tickets in advance, we'd get the best theater. So I did all these things because I'm a fan, but I also did them because I wanted to feel safe. Now, the day of the event comes, I'm all giddy, I'm excited to see this movie, and we get there with two and a half hours early, and sure enough, there's only maybe 20 to 25 people in line. I'm like, yes, we did it. We're gonna get great seats. I got big shoulders. I can squeeze through people and get like the middle, middle seat. But it's then we started hearing some of the people around us asking, hey, did you get your, um, your ticket with your place in line? And I'm like, what? Hey, here's my ticket. I bought it like two months ago. It's like, no, you were supposed to come in sometime this week and grab a ticket that meant where you're going to be in line. So essentially, my place in line meant nothing. So remember, I'm about 25th to 30th in line. I go to the box office. They hand me this little ticket, and it says 265. <laughs> my world was destroyed. I was, I was so uptight. I got so upset. Uh, my poor wife had to listen to me vent and go through all these scenarios that were going to happen, and I was freaking out. I was sweating profusely. I was, uh, and as I'm doing all this, there's more and more people trickling in, trickling in, and that trickle turned into a wave of people, and next thing you knew, it was shoulder-to-shoulder traffic in this lobby of the movie theater. The whole lobby was full, and I'm starting to notice other people going to the box office. There were other people that weren't aware as well as I was, and one of the people had been sitting there since 9 a.m. in the morning and nobody at the theater thought to ask them, did you get your place in line ticket? And so they were upset. There were people starting to yell at each other. There were people pushing. And sure enough, time came when it was time to go into the movie theater. And they called the first set of numbers. And everybody rushed to the middle. Everybody rushed to the front. And it was chaos. And I'm freaking out. And I'm like, I told you I was right. I told you I was right. This is going to be crazy. Long story short, we get in the theater. I get great seats. I get my popcorn, I get my soda, and I enjoy the movie. But I wonder, maybe not as ridiculous as my Star Wars premiere, but I wonder if we let some of the worries in our life truly impact our life experience. In the end, it was all good. I got my spot, I ate my popcorn, I drank my soda, I enjoyed the movie. But I let the before stuff really impact my enjoyment of most of the night. Graduates, you're entering a a phase of life where you're probably going to either be committing yourself to school, to military, or the workforce. 
There's going to be all kinds of tests and different stresses that will come along the way. But my question to you is this. How are you going to respond when life throws you its curveballs? How are you going to respond when your circumstances or the people around you are overwhelming you? Today's scripture gives us some guidance and insight into how we can all begin to lighten up. The passage is framed in the beginning and the ending by an explanation of why we shouldn't fret. When the psalmist references fretting, the majority of the time it's referenced more towards people. And how often is that true in our lives? When people really bug us and worry us and really affect us. But it can also be applicable to our circumstances as well. The Hebrew word for fret, you have to pardon my, <laughs> is chara. What's interesting about the word chara is that it's a lot more intense than of a word than you'd think it would be. When I think of the word fret, I think of worry or maybe anxiousness. But what the word chara actually means is to be hot, to be furious, to burn, to become angry. So it's not just telling us to quit worrying. It's telling us to take a chill pill. It's telling us to cool our jets. This passage, in, a, in, a, in its, is pretty much saying we need to lighten up. So what I'd like to do with you this morning is give you a few keys this passage gives us to lightening up. The first is this. We need to be putting our trust in God. Today's passage starts with why we shouldn't fret and moves right into trusting. If we are to begin lightening up, we're going to have to quit worrying and start trusting in the Lord. If we are to begin lightening up, uh, there's so many things we're going to have to stop worrying about. But when we put our trust in the Lord, we can begin to feel some of those burdens lifted from us. Something I have to remember on a daily basis is that God has a plan for us. And that plan sometimes might not look exactly like what ours is going to look, what we want it to look like. Putting Putting our trust in God is something that we struggle with on a daily basis. When life gets stressful or uncomfortable, we usually have the tendency to put all of those burdens on our own shoulders. And when we do that, many times we burn out or struggle. As Christ followers, we are called and allowed to put all of our burdens onto God. But we have to remember that there is a second part to this verse. It says that we are to trust God, but then it also says that we are to do good. I think a great example of this is when students take tests. I've heard so many students, yeah, I didn't study, but I'm, I'm putting my trust in God. Now, I hate to break it to them, but they're in for a rude awakening. If you don't study for the test, you're probably still going to fail. So it's important that we do our best, we do good, so that we can place our trust in God. When we begin to put our trust in God, the worries of life are going to start to not feel quite as heavy. We'll start to relieve some of the stress and burdens and we'll be able to enjoy life a little bit more. Enjoying life. That brings me to my next point. To live, to lighten up, we're going to have to start living joyfully. It's easy for me, and I'd assume it's easy for all of us, 
to get swept up in the routine of life. And while we're doing that, maybe even get a negative outlook if things aren't going great for us. But it's important, like this passage says, that we trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Verse four goes on to say, take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Once we have our trust in God, it's critical that we just enjoy where we are in life. We need to make sure we're enjoying the place where God put us and we're not waking up every day dreading what he has in store for us. When we begin to live our life with joy, we're gonna have better perspective of God's plan for us. Verse four goes on to say that if we actually take our delight, if we take our joy in the Lord, then he's gonna start doing something to us. He's going to start aligning our hearts with his. And we're gonna begin to find joy living for and serving him. For me personally, verses three and four really resonate because I, I don't profess to be this perfect Christian. In fact, when it comes to being uptight, I'm one of the most uptight people you'll ever meet. But I feel like throughout my life, I've really tried to place my trust in God. And in doing so, I've really tried to give it my best. And God has rewarded that. He's let me go through safe pastures. When I was worried about college debt, he provided scholarships. When I was worried about finding a job, he's provided that. When I was worried about finding the woman of my dreams, he provided that. Now, I'm not saying it's a guarantee that God's gonna give you what you want when you want it. God has his own timing. But I can say to in my own life, God has truly showed up when I have put my trust in him. The part two that's really cool that resonates with me is that as I have been putting my trust in God, as I've been trying to do good, he has slowly been incrementally lining my heart up with his. And I'm at a place now where each and every day I'm learning to enjoy living for and serving him. Now I'm not saying I do it all the time, I mess up a lot, but he's just working on me. Graduates, I encourage you to truly enjoy where God has placed you. I also want to challenge you that with that joy, and as you find joy, try to work on aligning that joy with what God gets joy with. Third way we can start to lighten up, in verses 5 and 6, it says, uh, to commit your way to Jesus, or to commit your way to the Lord. And our third point is commit your way to Jesus. Verse five says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous rewards shine like the dawn, your vindication like the noonday sun. To truly lighten up, we're gonna have to switch our intentions and our motives from us to following Jesus. Something that I've noticed throughout the years is that the more we place our attention on other things, or shall I say other things greater than ourselves, the less likely we are to be impacted by the everyday worries of life. We have a tendency to focus more on the good than on the bad. When we change our perspective and make what we do about Jesus instead of ourselves, the other people and circumstances surrounding us aren't gonna seem as important. Just as importantly, when we commit our way to Jesus, he will make us shine 
in a world that's uh, definitely in need of light. People will be able to see that there's something different about us because of the way we handle our stresses, because of the way we handle ourselves when we're worried. Not only will we begin to lighten up, but we will also begin to brighten up those other people around us. Fourth way that we can begin to lighten up is to just be still. Take a break. Chill out, okay? Sometimes to lighten up, we just have to be still and chill. Verse 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Sometimes we just need to get out of whatever it is we've been doing and take a break and wait for God to calm us down and to give us some guidance. This definitely won't be easy because I don't know about you, but with me, if I'm at a traffic light for a minute, I'm going crazy. I'm like, come on, what is the deal? Blue lakes, come on, it's like we're in the inner city right now. Um, But God is going to show when we are still before God and wait patiently for me, for him, there's no guarantee how long we're going to be waiting, though. It's interesting, as I was studying the passage, uh, the translation for both patiently and waiting were the same word. So it's a double emphasis. It means to writhe, to fear, to tremble, travail, be in anguish, or be pained. In essence, it's not going to be easy. Um, but the result will always be worth it. It's important that we're still before the Lord because he always shows up. And it's gonna be a challenge, especially because we definitely like to solve our problems as quick as possible. For every one of us, being still before the Lord can look different. For some, it might be a walk on the canyon rim. For others, it might be a a silent time after our devotionals. But I want to challenge you that the important part of being still before the Lord is that you take away all the outside noise and you just focus on God. Something that I like to do to try and be still before the Lord is on my way to work, I live out in Kimberly, so it's about a 20-minute, it's about a 20-minute drive. I'll just turn off all the radio and I'll try to turn my attention to God. For every one of us, it's going to look different, but I want to challenge and encourage each and every one of you that as you begin to try to lighten up, to find time routinely, maybe daily, to get some alone time and be still before the Lord. Between being still and waiting patiently, though, waiting patiently is definitely much harder. Waiting patiently implies that there's this unclear timeline as to when God is going to show up. And that can be a little scary, a little frustrating. Oftentimes, our schedules don't align with what God wants us to do. So we have a hard time waiting. Graduates and congregation, once again, I just want to challenge you. If you don't have a time where you can get in the uh, the Word, or when you're done getting in the Word, just focus on God. I would encourage you to do so. Our fifth key to lightening up is to refrain from anger. Now for me especially, this is easier said than done sometimes. Verse 8 says, Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it only leads to evil. In essence, what this verse is telling us 
is that we're not to act upon our anger and we're not to show our anger. When we let our anger fester, it's only going to grow. And the damage that it can do can cause terrible, terrible damage. Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. Paul here is also expressing the importance of not acting on your anger, but he takes it a step further. And he says, don't dwell in it. And I think for many of us married people or even people that have lots of friends, it's so important that when we are upset, when we're angry, that we do not go to bed. We do not leave the day feeling angry about those people we care about. It's also too important as Christ followers, we are called to forgive. So many times when there's a, a view or opinion that really strikes a nerve, it's easy to react and not think about our consequences. We need to make sure we're holding ourselves back. We need to make sure we're holding ourselves accountable in our anger. We're all going to feel it, but we're called to act as Jesus did and forgive. When we begin to lighten up, we're going to find that this highly stressful, highly critical, and opinionated world isn't going to impact us as much as we think it does. In fact, to give us a little bit of perspective, the passage mentions what's to come of this world that stresses us out so much. It says that like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die. It says that those people will be destroyed. Those people, those circumstances that just stress us out, that, that make us fret, it's also temporary. It's not going to matter. But then it goes on to say this. But those who trust in God, live with joy, commit their lives to Jesus, are still before the Lord, refrain from anger. In essence, those who lighten up will have a much different trajectory. When we begin to lighten up, and place our faith and hope in Jesus, it says that we will inherit the land. Now for the Jews, that was the promised land. But for each and every one of us that have put our faith and hope in Jesus, it's something much greater. When we put our faith and hope in Jesus and begin to lighten up, we are going to get our reward eternally in the world after this one. That, to me, is something worth lightening up for. Graduates and congregation, I know that life is stressful. I know it's easy to get uptight. I know there's tons of obligations, tons of people and situations that just weigh on you, that can make us uptight, make us fret. But maybe, just maybe, it's time for all of us to lighten up a little bit. And in doing so, begin to brighten up those around us. And while we do that, remember that our future is going to be looking much, much brighter for eternity. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we love you so much, and I, I thank you for all of these people coming here this morning to worship you and to hear what it is you have to say. God, I pray that you'll be with our graduates, whether they're high school or college, Help them as they enter this next phase of life to truly begin to lighten up and be a light in their world. I pray that you'll be with all of us that aren't graduating. 
Help us to do the exact same thing to God. We love you, and I pray that all of us just continue to try to work on growing closer to you. We love you, God, and it's in your holy name we pray. Amen.